My God, Becky, look at her butt. Hi, and welcome to Stop Chasing Skinny. This radio program is all about how to live your best fit life and enjoy and not worry about dieting and just to make it a lifestyle choice and really enjoy, enjoy everything that life has to offer. I'm Stephanie Keenan, and tonight my first guest is Megan Bryan. And we're going to be talking about some very important topics tonight, Um, celiac disease. Some of you may have heard about celiac disease. It's an intolerance or insensitivity to gluten. And a lot of you probably have heard of gluten-free products and trying to avoid gluten. And I read a statistic recently that said that one-third of the population, that's 33% of Americans, are trying to to avoid gluten. But most of them don't even know why. So I wanted to bring Megan in so that she could talk about gluten, celiac disease, the importance, how to recognize it, who to ask for help, and really that to share with everybody that your life isn't over if you've been diagnosed with celiac disease. A lot of people, uh, they don't want to make a lifestyle change, and it's not nearly as difficult as you might think. So with that, I want to welcome Megan. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Thanks for coming out. This is great. Yeah. So I really want to start from the beginning of how you found out that you had celiac disease. Well, um, like you, I'm, I've always enjoyed being active and outdoors and uh, lived a really healthy lifestyle. I was not, you know, an unhealthy person. I, it wasn't, you know, as if I had a really poor diet. Um, I had some of the typical American diet, but um, was a fairly um, active, healthy human being. But um, I started getting really sick, and I was pretty young, too. I was in my 20s, and so it wasn't um, as if it was, uh, you know, I should be feeling that sick. And, you know, it was unexplained symptoms um, that, you know, again, for somebody in their 20s, you shouldn't really be feeling. It was things like aches, pains, joint pain, um, you know, fatigue during the day, even though, you know, I would be sleeping plenty. Um, things like I would um, get really bloated or I would swell. I would have unexplained swelling and I wasn't overweight. I just, you know, would, my legs would swell up or, um, you know, so, you know, it was, it was all of this stuff that, you know, really, I, I didn't really understand. Oh, and things like inflammation, you know, I'd have skin issues going on. My, my nails were very brittle. So, but it, it got really bad when um, I... All of a sudden, for about a month, just simply could not, um, it was as if my digestive system shut down. It just, I wasn't digesting food, I couldn't eat, I couldn't, like everything stopped working. And um, I started developing symptoms of going septic. And um, so I went to a gastroenterologist, he was one of the most reputable in the town where I was living. And um, he'd been a gastroenterologist for years. So, you know, he was a trusted um, doctor. And um, they did all the tests. It was very expensive, very um, invasive. Um, And they, you know, at the end of all of the tests, after all the money was spent, basically they told me I I had nothing wrong with me. And that it was just, you know, the blanket diagnosis, which is IBS. Um, which just means you have pain in your stomach. And so it was, it was really frustrating. That's so interesting. I, and, and this is one of the main reasons that I wanted to have you as one of my first guests because I am a fitness professional. People typically come to me to lose weight, right? Yeah. That is my number yep. one request from clients. How can I lose weight? Right. I always get – I the second question really is how to stay regular. And then they say, I'm sorry, this may be too much information, but that's their second question. Yep. And so when it's a question like that, and then there are a lot of these other symptoms that go along with it. Yep. They complain about being bloated. They're having skin issues. Mm-hmm. There's hormonal imbalances yep. um, and the lack of sleep. And it's, it's challenging because – from an outside perspective, I can see all of these different little pieces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can see that these aren't normal. Yes. But I also see that 
them being in their situation, moms are my main clients. And as a mom, you are taxed on every level. You I mean, are. yeah, you are not sleeping because there yep. is no time to sleep. Um, it's it's very, very stressful. You're very stressed out. You're sleep deprived. And so it, I think a lot of people end up missing out on all of these signs where it's they are signs. And when you put them all together, like you just listed out, then you're like, oh, man. So I get that a lot. I get a lot of my clients who come to me to lose weight. Yep. But for the most part, it's all this other inflammation going on in their body. Absolutely. Their digestive system is not regular, which makes them very uncomfortable all the time. Um, That's and a big one. it's, you know, it, and yes, they are right for coming to me because it is lifestyle based mm-hmm. and they can make better choices. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's nice to be able to recognize these things yourself and be able to seek out some other doctors. Um, because I've also had clients who have come to me same thing they were tested for everything and nothing showed up I had one woman three and a half years of testing and this random like 30 pounds came on she was always bloated always having trouble and finally she ended up going to a holistic um, practitioner and Mm -hmm. figuring all of these things out so we'll get to that point and just a minute but um i really wanted to figure out how you found out you had celiac disease and um now let's go ahead and explain a little bit more what celiac is because like i said in my intro a lot of people know that they want to have Mm gluten-free and um you know but i don't think they really understand why maybe unless you've been diagnosed well what you were saying earlier about inflammation that you see in a lot of your clients um you know the inflammation will will kind of take on different it your body is inflamed and there's a reason why it's inflamed. Um, and, you know, it'll look differently for different people. It's going to show up in either eczema or skin issues or joint pain or, you know, all of these different things. But what essentially is going on when you have celiacs is um, it's an autoimmune response. You know, an autoimmune disease is where your body attacks itself in any in any form. Uh, like lupus is an autoimmune disease. There are several different forms of it, but celiacs is an autoimmune disease where your body treats gluten like a foreign invader, and it turns on itself, and it produces kind of a um, you know an an immune response to it. It's as as if it's fighting off an attacker like a virus or something like that, and so. Um, but the problem is, is it ends up attacking itself. And so what, what happens with celiac disease is um, your body's attacking itself and it, it kills the lining of your intestines and it, it destroys the villi. And the villi are kind of what help digest and extract nutrients from the food you eat. So, so say, you know, somebody like me who was pretty healthy, you know, I was, I was eating well, mm-hmm. I played tennis, I was active, I walked and was outdoors a lot, but... I was so sick. And so the, you were malnourished. I was because malnourished. Because you were not absorbing those nutrients. I was not absorbing. That's interesting. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And I see that too. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of that presents itself in um, a lot of people think that cravings are simply a lack of self-control. And yeah, it's really exactly. not. Um, it's really your body saying, I'm craving some kind of nutrient. And I've put out a couple little charts where mm-hmm. it says like if you're craving something salty, you're missing these nutrients, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, so that's another reason that understanding this disease is really important because a lot of people just chalk it up to, oh, it just must be my, my self-control. My self-control right. is messed up. No, maybe you are nutri- nutrient deficient um, right. because your body is not able to to absorb it. So That's exactly um, right. Yeah. And so that this is just such an important issue. And um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about signs and symptoms. So if you think that any of this sounds familiar to you or anybody you know, um, stick around. We're going to talk about signs and symptoms, things that you may not recognize, may not realize, um, way beyond just some of the surface level stuff. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form part. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leo. She could be the. Well, 
Welcome back. And so now we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the signs and symptoms that you can watch for uh, just in case you are experiencing any of this stuff. So Megan, let's go ahead and start with the ones that you think maybe maybe that people would go ahead and, and recognize as possibly linked to something like this. And then let's go a little bit further in depth and talk about some of the things that we don't necessarily connect to maybe celiac disease. We think maybe it has something to do with something else. Um, I, I know that there are a lot of things on here that people think um, are just kind of a fluke or just happen. Um, for uh, most of these things, there's a reason behind it. So let's start with the common ones first. Sure. And and I know so much of you know what you're, as we were talking about earlier with your business, what you're dealing with is you've got people coming to you for whatever reason that are, their bodies are in crisis. They're looking to you as a trainer and as a health coach and as a, a fitness professional. They're looking to you for answers and for how do I get, sometimes it starts out as just how do I look better, but ultimately they're not going to look better until they're feeling better inside. And so if they've got some of these symptoms going on that are caused by gluten um, wreaking havoc on their body, causing inflammation in their systems, causing them to, um, you know, be sick in so many ways, then the outside is not going to get better. Yeah, that, um, that whole standard of move more, eat less, which I think is a super simplified yeah, that does. I, I yeah. can't stand it to tell you the truth, because yeah. um, that really oversimplifies everything. Um, there's, yeah, we are a complex chemistry project inside. That's a great way to put it. We are. We're we're a walking science we, we project are. chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's checks yeah. and balances uh-huh. and and all of that. So, um, okay, so digestive problems, because like I said, I mean, yeah. people come to me with digestive problems all the time. Yes, and so a big one, it can either go, it can go in either direction, whether it's diarrhea or constipation. It can you okay. know, go in one way or the other. So some people will exhibit some symptoms, some people will exhibit it in another way. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of women, especially, will have bloating, just okay. unexplained bloating. They'll eat, and then all of a sudden, I mean, everybody talks about, you know, you have pizza and beer, and you just feel bloated. Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's one thing. Yeah. It's another thing when every time after you eat a meal, for whatever reason, you're really feeling bloated or your legs are swelling or you're, you know, that's not normal. Yeah. You know? This is where I recommend doing a food log. And I don't mean like mm. I hate counting calories, so I don't mean that. I mean write down like the time that you ate, yep. what you ate and how much of it mm-hmm. and then how you were feeling. That's a great point. Because it could be that something you were eating there in that meal triggered it. And maybe you ate a meal where you didn't have any triggers. And so that's that's one thing to, to really kind of look out for is how are you feeling after you eat? Um, and those are going to be big signs. Um, you know, another thing is going to be unexplained weight loss. So let's say you're just losing weight and you don't know why. You're not necessarily changing anything, but weight's just coming off. And some people would think, oh, great. Yeah, I'd love that. But that can be a real sign of trouble um, oh, yeah, I'm with sure your you body. Feel so weak too, right? Yeah, because you're probably doing it because you're malnourished. Yep, your body's not absorbing the food, yeah. and so it's just expe- and, and you know, another thing that happens with with celiacs is sometimes your your body is not absorbing fats. Okay, and your body needs the fats. That's what you know you know, decreases inflammation. It's as you, you teach yes, so much. It helps your brain. It helps your joints. It helps keep your skin looking young. Yep. It helps all of it. Yeah. Which is why you see so many people who have celiacs. That's the, those are the very problems uh-huh. that they have. They have brittle nails. They have brittle hair. Their eyes might be a little pale looking. Um, their skin is dry. Okay. And that's all because they're not getting the fats that they need, and even if they're eating the them. Joint pain possibly yep. too exactly okay so that's, that's you know that that's kind of one um you know another another thing that can happen is people can get dermatitis um eczema these are skin rash problems um you know and and then a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go to a dermatologist and they'll just you know the dermatologist will prescribe a cream to put on it and that but there's no question ever asked about hey maybe what's going on under the hood the that's causing you to have eczema that's causing you to have dermatitis why is your body exhibiting these external signs of internal inflammation interesting yeah because you're right the 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 typical treatment for that is to put something on the outside yep just slap a cream on it (laughs) and you might get some relief from it but it might not be 
dealing with the underlying issue. Yeah, it's totally masking it, which is could yep. be wreaking havoc on your digestive system still. So right. sure, I don't have that rash anymore, but I'm not absorbing nutrients. That's not good. Right. Another thing you'll see a lot of times is going to be hormonal imbalances. And very sadly, very frustratingly, miscarriages. There are, okay. there are women who deal with, with miscarriages. You know, I think in men, sometimes it might be a little more difficult to see because women, were, you know, our, our bodies are so, oh, they're you know, so sensitive on a monthly yeah. basis. There's a, you know, there's an external, you know, externally you can see what's going on. Whereas with men, you know, it, it might be a little more difficult um, to tell. Maybe they're just feeling fatigue. Maybe, you know, they've got other things going on. But with women... You know, if you're having, you know, I, I think one in every three pregnancies ends in a miscarriage typically. is. It, however, if you're having miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and some, you know, fertility issues, you know, you might want, and if it's accompanied by other symptoms, you right. might want to look into it yeah. and see maybe is something going on. Um, a big one is if you have a child, if there's a little, if there's a child, a baby, um, and there's failure to thrive. They're not growing. They're not at the weight where they need to be. They're not, you know, size charts. They're they're low. It could be that they're just a small kid. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, if you're seeing other issues, yeah. there could be something going on in their body. They're not getting the nutrients they need. Because celiacs really, if, if you look at it, it's very much tied to genetics too, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So the, what was the, what, do you know what the statistic on that is? You know, I don't, but it is tied to genetics. It does run in families. It does I've, run in families, I've, yeah. First I'm, degree, second degree. And since I've been diagnosed, um, three other people in my family have been diagnosed. I was the first, and, and there are three other people who have celiac, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're sensitive to it, really watch your children. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, and, th- and it's going to be, you know, again, it, you know, once we're adults and we're at our full size, um, you know, you don't see it as, as yeah, easily as you would in a child, but, like but with a child, you know, and, and then lastly, you might, you might start having things like tingling and numbness in your, in your extremities. Um, you know, uh, at, you know, at, it, when it gets really, really bad, you can have seizures. And a lot of that I think is coming from malnourishment. Oh, and absolutely. From, yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. so these are some things to watch out for. Um, you know, just um, your body is going to become more brittle feeling. Okay. If yeah, that makes and I, sense. I, 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 I've read, too, um, when it talks about low calcium. So that totally yes. makes sense with mm-hmm. the lack of absorption. So yep. just think about anything that's tied into calcium. So like you said, I mean, you know, the tingling, low calcium. Uh-huh. Um, seizures could be due to some... Um, some changes in in your nutrient levels and also Great yeah point. osteoporosis things like that yes brittle bones in. yep that's and that's you know and that's definitely a problem the older you get but if you're young and your bones are more brittle that's you know yeah that's a really really that's bad a problem, problem. Yeah. yeah yeah and so then <laughs> we've talked about uh, some of these signs and symptoms mm-hmm. and I want to go on to talk about what happens if you don't make these changes? Because yeah. I, you know, I mean, I see that too, where yep. somebody wants to, to make a change in their life or they want the outcome to change, but they don't want to change anything in the process of that. And some people may have listened to this list and said, okay, yeah, well, you know, I, sure, I get some bloating. And I'm not talking about like that pizza and beer you have once a month. Right. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I get this bloating after uh-huh. this thing, but, and I have to say, I've actually heard this, but it's totally worth it. Um, okay, so it's not just that temporary uncomfortable feeling that you're mm-hmm. having. Mm-hmm. It could lead to a lot worse things, right? That's that's the thing that, that is the, you know, the issue here. A lot of people, like you were saying earlier, may be exhibiting symptoms that are really causing problems in their lives, but they don't want to know. They're kind of, just like you were saying, you know, in, in the intro that, you know, people don't really, they're, they're scared to find out because if they find out, they know their life's going to have to change. They know they're going to, they're going to have to change. And so, but I think the thing to, to remember here is, you know, it really can cause some long-term damage to your body, irreversible damage. Um, yeah. Like you were saying that, you know, having that nutrient, killing off the, the, the lining of your intestines, you're not going to absorb anything. I mean, how else right. do you get your nutrients? And it starts making, it, it starts doing permanent damage um to uh, to the to vital parts of your body to vital organs the biggest the biggest thing that is that has been proved in the medical field um the um the annals of internal medicine 
um, there was a there was a study published in August six, the August six issue of um, the Annals of Internal Medicine. It basically showed that um, patients with celiac disease had an annual lymphoma risk of about 68 out of 100,000 people. So the normal rate is 24 out of 100,000 people. So that's three times as high. That's interesting. So there is a, a much higher risk that has been proven between um, lymphoma and people with celiacs. That's really interesting. It is. So it goes down to that inflammation, that chronic inflammation it in your body. It does, and it can cause cancer. It can cause, you know, cancers of the colon as well. That's a little more rare, but um, the long-term risk of lymphoma is is a really serious thing to watch. So, you know, not taking it seriously and just saying, oh, I don't want to know about it. I, you know, it's worth it. I'll just get bloated. I'll just deal with the headaches. I'll deal with... Um, the frustrations of having it because I don't feel like going gluten-free. Well, the problem is, is that if you ignore the problem, um, it, you could be running into serious medical issues. It compounds. And it does get worse over time. It's not something that gets better over time. It's something that yeah, you is don't build a tolerance worse. up to it. If anything, no. <laughs> it's the worst. It's, it's, it's the opposite. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, Megan's going to go ahead and share a, a little more about her story as far as figuring out how, uh, figuring out that she was gluten intolerant and that she had celiacs and then which doctors to go see. Because I hear this all the time. I got tested. They said I was fine. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Stephanie Keenan with the Stop Chasing Skinny radio program. And tonight we have Megan Bryan. She's talking to us about celiac disease, gluten intolerances, and what happens if you ignore it and um, how to recognize it. So right now we want to go ahead and talk about some different doctors that you might want to go see. Um, if you think maybe you have celiacs and a little bit more about her story about how she was diagnosed because it was not just this quick diagnosis. It was doctor visit after doctor's visit and maybe even a surgery in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, this happened about, I, I, I had the symptoms that had built up over time. Um, it got to a crisis point and, um, and, you know, I was saying earlier in the show that, you know, I, start, I, I started going to a, a very reputable gastroenterologist who was doing all of the typical tests that you might have to when you have celiac, you know, or when you have, you know, intestinal problems. They did all of those tests, very invasive, very exhausting. And at the end of it all, I was told I was fine, that I just had IBS, that there was nothing wrong with me. It was really discouraging. So you just have to live with it. Just yeah. Or like it's in my head, oh. you know, which, you know, when you know, and, and again, I'm a healthy person. It's not like I, you know, was sitting, sitting around doing nothing and eating poorly. I yeah. was, you know, I, I like health. I like being outdoors. I like being active and I, I wanted to be active again. And so w I was super frustrated that my body wasn't cooperating. Um, so anyway, so once we, we kind of got through that, it was very frustrating his recommendation was maybe we should remove your gallbladder and see if that helps. Now, this is interesting because I, like I said, I am not a doctor, but I do know that the gallbladder has a whole lot to do with the digestion of fats, too, That's right? That's exactly Which is right. Which so interesting yes. because fats are the hard part to digest whenever you have celiacs, That's right? exactly okay. right. And what ends up happening is when, when you remove the gallbladder, all of that, that strain, that job assignment, turns to your liver and so your liver becomes taxed your liver has to then do all the work that your gallbladder was this you know engine 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 when you'd eat a fatty meal when i'd eat meat or a steak or you know just something with even with good fats even right? good Avocado fats or, you know, yeah coconut. that's what was doing the work to digest it and so they they did remove my gallbladder and surprise surprise it didn't help um, so yeah that's yeah. yeah, that's actually I hear this story a lot. 
I do, do you really? I do. I hear it yeah. a lot where, yeah, and then they told me I'd have my gallbladder removed and all it did was make it even harder to eat food. That's exactly right. Because then your liver is having to do that job and the liver's, you know, it it needs a lot of support itself. Well, and if you have so much inflammation going on in your body, mm-hmm. then it, it inflames all of your, everything's inflamed. Right. Okay. And so then you've just, you've just got a big old chemical nightmare going on at that mm-hmm. point where your body's really doing its best. It's saying, help me here. I'm trying, but you know, I kept feeding it the very thing that was causing it to be inflamed, which was gluten. Gluten. It was not the fat. It was not the gallbladder. No, it was mm. gluten. My body was having an autoimmune response to the gluten that I was putting into it. It was becoming inflamed. It was producing inflammation and it was attacking itself and destroying the lining of my intestines, which meant that I wasn't getting nutrients. This so. is so interesting. I hope listeners, I hope that um, this is clearing up maybe some questions for you and kind of pushing you in a direction that maybe if you're having these unanswered questions for yourself or you have family and friends that have these unanswered questions to start questioning this stuff because Mm -hmm. this is this is I hear this all the time and I heard it well before I was ever a fitness professional I was an engineer before this and um, I was a I was a Navy nuclear engineer before that and so I've been hearing this story over and over and over again for years. I didn't really know what I was listening to back then. I just knew that there was a pattern. Um, it's really interesting to see it now, though, in the position that I'm in. And people don't know why. Yeah. But the typical American diet, what's contained in the American diet? Lots of grains. Lots of grains. Everything has gluten. Gluten is contained. You find gluten in, it's not just bread. There's wheat and everything. There's there's wheat and soy sauce. Soy doesn't have yeah. gluten. So let's just for a real quick second. Sure. I do want to go into this whole list of the things that we may think of as having gluten. Sure. The things we may not think of as having gluten. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to the doctor though because yes. Oh yeah. That yeah, yeah. I think is really important. That's where I really try to help my clients to refer them to mm-hmm. the right kind of doctor um, that will take a look at some of these other things and give them a real diagnosis. Because if you just would have no. given up at that point and you would have said, well, I guess, you know, they did everything they could. They removed my gallbladder. They told me I'm fine. I had all the tests. You know, there are a lot of people that just go on living like that because yeah. that's what the doctor said. So what did you do next? Well, it was interesting. I had um, a friend who recommended a – there was a doctor. She was an MD, but she had been trained in Chinese medicine. And so she was, um, I had gone to see her basically for hormonal issues. I had a hormonal imbalance, which is another thing that happens a lot with, you know, with when somebody does have celiacs, mm-hmm. is their hormones get out of whack, you know, and that leads into, so I was seeing her pretty. So like menstrual cycles not being um, regular yes. and having really bad PMS and hormonal yes. cramps. and Really bad periods. Really, okay. Yes. That, so like really, really heavy? Like, yes. Okay. Re- you know, all of that yeah. can show up with women and, and it can show up with other, you know, with other diseases as well or, or, you know, other problems that are going on. But when you've got celiac and all the inflammation that accompanies it, you know, then. Totally makes sense. Yes. And so I was seeing her for that and to kind of get a hormone check. However, once I got in there, this woman was taught to look holistically at a patient. She was an MD, so I know that she she had her medical degree. She had been trained in Western medicine. However, she also took into account um, the whole body and and the underlying issues that cause external manifestations of disease. Um, so so a lot of times with Western medicine, and this is a big debate, but a lot of times in Western medicine, it's a financially driven industry that puts a diagnosis on a symptom and treats a symptom. But a lot, like just like we were talking about earlier in the show, somebody who has celiacs might have eczema. Right. It may be exhibiting eczema, so they go to a dermatologist. The dermatologist gives them a cream. The eczema gets better. How, but there's no, there's no understanding of the whole person that there's something going on under the surface that's causing that. Yeah. So this doctor, she... Um, looked at all of my symptoms and she said, have you ever been tested for celiacs? Well, I I hadn't even heard of celiacs at that point. This was um, 10 years ago. So 
She, um, you know, she did the tests on what me. What is the test? Is it a blood test? Well, there are several ways that they can do it. Okay. Um, but for me, there was a blood test involved. And you have to, ha- you can't be gluten-free at the time that they take the test. Okay, that's good information. Yes. So if you if you have eliminated all the gluten from your diet, the hard thing about getting diagnosed is you will have to put gluten into your diet to get tested. Okay. So a lot of people are hesitant to actually get the test. They just know that something's not right. But because you have to, and when they do, when they have gone gluten-free and they're used to their body not having it, the thought of putting it back in there is just miserable. Is there a, is there a benefit to actually having that diagnosis in your medical record? I mean, is that... You know, that's a good question, and I don't know that one from a medical standpoint okay. or but from I mean, an insurance from, standpoint, okay. too. But from your own personal standpoint, mm-hmm. you don't get treated any differently knowing you have celiacs. You just know you can't mess around with it, right? That's right. Okay. And I demand that from the healthcare professionals that work with me. Okay. I'm very adamant when I deal with them that this is what I'm dealing with, and you know, they work with me on okay. that. Well, and that so, makes sense because yeah. if you go in for anything else moving forward, they mm-hmm. need to know that. And okay, that, that makes sense. Right. Um, and so it, it, you know, it definitely is you, you, if you have it, you want to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, However, I wouldn't want to not know. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and a lot of times once you hear about the symptoms, you're going to probably be wondering. But yeah, my, like my, I think there are probably a few listeners right now. And I have people that I'm going to specifically send this to because they've they've talked to me about some of the different symptoms. But, really? um, you know, I wasn't, I'm not an expert. I just, I get a lot of information from a lot of different places and mm-hmm. I can kind of piece it together and. Mm-hmm. I am scientific in that way, but, um, yeah, and, and I do, you know, I do pass articles to some of my clients or friends when they ask me about certain things, but, um, you know, I feel like this is a really good comprehensive, um, talk about it and, yeah. and, you know, all of the, the downside too, because you have to know what happens if you just continue to ignore it. Right. So, sorry. I, so you got, you got diagnosed. I'm well, sorry. I got diagnosed and I, and I think to answer your question, I think finding a doctor who does think who has either been trained, and a lot of times, I think, in medical school, um, I, you know, I can't speak for MUSC. We're here in Charleston. Um, I know that um, celiac and, and gluten intolerance has become, you know, more in the forefront. But, um, if, you know, finding a doctor that is going to look at, at the whole body and all of the systems and the way those systems work together. So maybe finding somebody who has been trained in um, Eastern medicine as well. Um, yeah, sometimes that. that that is helpful, but the, you know, then I think there are lots of great Western MDs too who who recognize who that. Really, but do if your recognize doctor it. doesn't know what celiac disease is, then you might want to find a new doctor. Yeah, or if they <laughs> tell you, oh, that's not really a, a thing, or that's uh, not really a problem, or you know, I would move along. Exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> moving right along. Yeah, second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, that that was. I think that's the big thing is um, and. And before you go to, uh, if you want to know for sure, go get tested before you eliminate gluten. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's get a really quick break. um, And then we're going to come back and Megan's going to talk more about the foods that um, that we know have gluten in there that you all might think, oh yeah, well bread, gluten, um, and some very uncommon things and how gluten hides in our stuff. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. And then we're gonna also going to talk about restaurants and how it can be kind of a minefield out there if you're not educated yourself, if the staff isn't educated. So we're going to talk about how, um, really, it's how your life is not over if you've been diagnosed with celiac disease. (laughs) Right. So we'll be right back. What y'all know about a supermodel? Fresh out of air magazine. Buy her own bottles. Look, pimp juice, I keep it one. Welcome back. Again, this is Stephanie Keenan, and this is the Stop Chasing Skinny radio show. And tonight we have Megan Bryan, who is talking about celiac disease. So we want to talk about some of the foods that you may think of as having gluten. It's kind of common sense um, for somebody who has even heard of gluten. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people who have heard of gluten and are trying to avoid it um, because they think maybe they have some inflammation going on, where those gluten, um, where those gluten, are they? 
gluten might be hiding. <laughs> right. Sneaky gluten. <laughs> um, okay, so let's go ahead and start talking about maybe the, the ones where we, we think of it as common. Like okay. bread. Yeah. I mean, obviously bread, pancakes, biscuits, you know, things like that that are just made in a with with traditional wheat flour. Wheat flour. So it comes from wheat, wheat flour, right? It so does. gluten is a protein in wheat. Yes. And, and unfortunately in... for all the beer lovers out there, including myself, um, it is in barley. And barley. and you know, so um, most beers, unless it's a sorghum beer, Mm. It contains a lot of gluten. Okay, and so we have wheat, barley, and rye, I think? Rye definitely okay. has gluten. Um, you know, so the, m- most, you know, a lot of these, you know, traditional, um, you know, flours, even spelt, um, semolina flour, which is used to make a lot of Italian pastas, okay. all of that does contain gluten. Okay, so we're talking about some bread, mm-hmm. some pasta, mm-hmm. some beer. Mm-hmm tortillas yeah the flour tortillas mm-hmm. um okay so those yeah. are some uh, cakes cakes <laughs> it's really everywhere and in, especially in the american diet it's okay. it's everywhere just about every unless you are specifically going to a health food store or someplace that um you know has specifically gluten-free um products it's it's in just about everything okay. and a lot of sauces and a lot of yeah you know, which thickeners. sauces you sauces know and yeah it's it's a thick you know flour is usually used as a thickener for okay. um you know alfredo sauce um if you're making a roux you know in traditional like new orleans cooking which i love you okay. know jambalaya um the, the roux is used with flour and butter, and so that's a thickener. So it may not look like bread, per se, mm-hmm. but there's gluten all through there. You know, what, and then it's in all kinds of sneaky places, Stephanie. It's like, it's, for an American, it is tough. Um, there will be, a big one is barley malt. Barley malt is used in all kinds of products. A, case in point, I um, had a juice one morning. I was at a friend's house spending the night, um, she offered me a juice the next morning and, and I thought, oh, great. I'll ta- I'd love to have a healthy juice, um, in the morning, take a sip and look, and it has barley malt in it. Ah. And I just realized I'm going to have a rough few days. Oh, it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, oh, and you're man, thinking so healthy, you know, whole foods juice. Yeah. Yeah, and so healthy does not necessarily mean anything. No, I, yeah, I no. threw that word out a long time ago. Absolutely. I mean, I use it because that's what we pick up on, but mm-hmm. it means different things to different people. It really does. The other thing that's that's huge is soy sauce. Soy sauce, soy does not contain gluten. Soy is not a problem. However, traditional soy sauce, not, um, you know, there, there are gluten-free soy sauces, um, tamari, for okay. example, tamari is gluten free, but traditional soy sauce is loaded with wheat. Okay, and so you know if you go out for sushi, most thing you know it, most things contain gluten. Interesting. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you get diagnosed, your life isn't over. You just have to know what to look for. That's the thing. Yeah, just yeah. to educate yourself. Yes. Now something else that um, we have experienced together, Megan and I, we're good friends and we hang out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do fun stuff. Um, you should really check out social our social media channels. Um, just Google Stephanie Keenan. I'm on every social media channel. Um, and we post lots of fun pictures. Um, We're both really active. <laughs> we are really active. We, we do surf lessons and stand-up paddleboard and all kinds of fun stuff. Running around Charleston, um, it, it's funny because I think a lot of people watch our feeds. And then, like, when they come visit, they use us as, like, the tour guide. <laughs> right. Oh, well, we saw Stephanie and Megan here. <laughs> so, um, and I get, I get questions all the time, you know, which, which stand-up paddleboard company is the best? So um, that's really fun. Um, but we went out to dinner one night. And. And all of us ordered burgers. We had five burgers. And Megan was very, very specific. I am celiacs. I cannot have any buns. I can't have anything touch my food. They need to change gloves. I need to have it cooked on a separate grill. 
and her side was separate. So she made sure that they could do it in the kitchen, that the waitress understood the requirements. And then when all the, the bur- everything got to our table, um, there was a little confusion. Like, oh, which one's mine? Like, they didn't come out with it and go, this is the gluten-free celiac's meal. And Megan was a little hesitant, but she went ahead and ate it like a trooper. And she was sick all week. I'm pretty sure they yeah. put a bun on everything and they went, oh, nuts. That one wasn't supposed to have a bun. Well, yeah. just that touching of it. So if you're listening and you work in a restaurant, it's really important. Megan isn't just some some dieter that's like, oh, I heard gluten wasn't good. Um, you know, and sure, just a dieter heard gluten wasn't good. Sorry, not judging. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but really, it will put her in the hurt locker for a really long time. She yes. was suffering all week long it was painful and i had to work yeah and it was it was a it was a tough week and and i and typically when i go to a restaurant i really try to be respectful of the staff and respectful of the kitchen and i'll always tell them hey guys if you can't do it let me know and i'm totally fine with not eating i love your line too i would rather not react right if you can't do it i got it that's fine I don't want to stress you guys out if you're not equipped for that. Just let me know, and I'd rather not eat. Yeah. But I think, you know, one of the issues that that is huge is Mm cross-contamination on foods that contain gluten. So you can have something. um, I cannot tell you how many times in Charleston I have ordered off a gluten-free menu where the restaurant will bring me out the gluten-free menu and say, this is what we can do. And then I'll talk to the staff and I'll say, hey, I'm not one of these picky dieters who wants to just, you know, fit into not skinny jeans. <laughs> right. This is, this is a serious deal for me. Are you guys equipped for that? And um, a lot of times, usually they'll say yes. Sometimes I'll get an honest server who will say, you know, we really aren't. And that, I so appreciate that from servers when they'll be honest with me and just yeah. say, you know, we really, it, there's just flour floating around in there. You're, you're going to get gluten. Yeah. I really super appreciate that. Um, and, and a lot of times I'll tip the server, even if I'm not eating the food. <laughs> even when I couldn't eat dinner. <laughs> I'll still tip them for bringing me water. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just because I, I really appreciate that care yeah. and them, them taking the time. But, but I, the point here is that... Um, even if it does not contain flour, it doesn't have croutons on the salad, you know, it's just grilled chicken. Say that grilled chicken is on the same grill as, you know, something that was marinated in soy sauce yeah. just before it. Well, guess what? That soy sauce is on my chicken. It's Crop in my gut and I'm sick as a mm. dog. Um, or, you know, another another typical example is, let's say the server, this is something that's ha- that's happened to me before. I was at, you know, those burrito restaurants where you walk up to the, yeah. and, you know, you get the burrito. And I said, hey, guys, can you make me a gluten-free, I, you know, you'd have to, I need you to change gloves if that's okay. And and they were great about it. And I watched, I watched the guy change gloves and he wasn't, you know, just, just out of habit. He wasn't thinking and he put his hand on a flour tortilla. Ah. And I and I'm watching it, and I just you know I I'm trying not to be that person, you know I yeah. really am you have not. To be. It's your health. It's my body, yeah. and and I had to say, hey, you just touched a flour tortilla. Can you please change gloves again? You know, and he probably the, didn't mind. He probably he, just didn't know, right? No, and he was yeah. sweet as could be about it, and they yeah. and people don't realize, and you know, yeah. unless they've got a family member or a friend that they see suffering with it, they yeah. don't understand what a big deal it is. Yeah. Um, because that you know, again, a lot of I think. You know, what what you hear in restaurants is, you know, the frust- I've even seen a Facebook post going around about things that restaurant people are frustrated about. And one of the things says, no, I can't make your food gluten free. Ah, that's interesting. You know, so and that's really, that's about education. And yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really, yeah, yeah don't, that's a poor attitude. And, and it, it is, it is frustrating because it is a little bit more work. And I know that restaurant staff is, they're already so taxed. They're yeah. already having to take people's pictures and do 18 different <laughs> know, things. Right? And, you know, <laughs> d- you know, things that they didn't have to do 10 years ago. That's true. However, this is, that's this true. is a big enough yeah. deal that, you know, once you've got a family member or a son or daughter or a parent or somebody who's got yeah. celiacs they'll realize no I really do need to take the time yeah yeah I do care about this so that be, that brings my, me to my next point um, I really want to ask you about what you are doing to educate restaurants in the low country area right yeah. now on um, on the importance and how to how to keep from cross-contaminate cross-contaminating food yeah no I've just started a blog it's called saltwaterchef.com and it's a blog that's all about 
um, gluten-free, clean, healthy living, beautiful food, good food, satisfying food that doesn't have gluten in it. And I'm going to be working with restaurants around the low country, um, having them showcase their favorite foods, a lot of traditional Southern meals, uh, traditional low country meals. Reed fried chicken. Exactly. <laughs> so that maybe you don't have to eliminate fried chicken from, yeah. if you love fried chicken and you can't imagine doing without that. Yeah. And so you don't want to know you have celiacs. Maybe, you know, you know, interviewing a restaurant who can create some gluten-free fried chicken, yeah. you know, one, you know, one I mean, thing done it for paleo right so <laughs> they have and and paleo you know all paleo food is is gluten-free yeah. um but not all gluten-free food is paleo right. um so but really kind of trying to show that you know gluten-free is there's a there's a fun life ahead of you still with food even if you get diagnosed it's not some sort of you know end of my food life yeah um sentence so yeah there are going to be times when you're out at a restaurant and you can't order because maybe the staff hasn't caught up to what's going on in the u.s however i think the more people are learning about it the more um restaurants you're going to be able to go to yeah, and so order different. a great gluten-free meal it's not really it's not really that hard. I mean, once no. like some of the change, some of the practices have been changed. Yes, it's not all that difficult um, no. to implement that. I mean, really. Well, and one of the things that um, the NASFT—that's the National Association for the Specialty Food Trade—they basically talked about that um, between 2011 and 2013, the gluten-free market grew. Com- it completely tripled. So it's, I think it's around 44%. There was a 44% growth. I have that statistic. Yeah, I I used to, but well, (laughs) it was huge though. It was huge. And it's become a need for it. It's an over $15 billion industry just in food and $2 billion industry in drink. Interesting. And so, you know, for for beer companies out there, the sorghum yeah. beers um, that are you know that are gluten free, it's a little tougher to do. I, I you know, yeah. but um, the vodkas, the di- you know, the different drinks that are out there, and even the the non alcoholic drinks. Like I was telling you, there was the juice yes. that I had with the barley malt in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, so, but understanding that that this is this is here and it's here to stay and you got to get on board with yeah. this because there's a huge financial market out there for the gluten-free industry yeah there absolutely is and there is. and so it's not just about hey have a good heart for the poor celiac person over there there's serious money yeah um in the gluten-free industry yeah. and people are becoming more and more educated they're more and more um savvy about what that means yeah i do have to say though from a um uh, a wellness coach's perspective, gluten-free doesn't mean you can just eat the whole box. That's, well, that's a great <laughs> point. And gluten-free does not mean you just have to go to the aisle at Whole Foods and buy the $6 cookies right. either. The $6 cookies can be great, but there's a whole world of food out there that you yeah. can make. You yeah. can make it at home. Um, one of the things we're going to be doing at Saltwater Chef is teaching people how to bake at home, how to just replace the, the wheat flour, replace it with rice flour, tapioca starch, potato starch, maybe put a little xanthan gum in there, but make your own gluten-free flour mix and make your own foods. And by foods, she means every Sunday morning she makes donuts that are yes, gluten-free. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Baked and yummy fun, donuts, and pretty, yeah. and they have chocolate in them. <laughs> yum, <laughs> yum, yeah. So she's going to be sharing all of those recipes on her blog too. Um, I want to go ahead and wrap this up. We've been on here for I don't know about an hour or so. Yes. I hope y'all have enjoyed it, and it's been educational. I like to put out some entertaining stuff, but also some actionable information that you can take and you can implement. So even if you don't think, oh, you don't have any symptoms, it's great to understand this and be able to help those that you love and that you care for. If you're an employer, it's great to even recognize this stuff and like maybe even suggest that your employees get things checked out. I mean, because I I know that, um, you know, it's hard to work. It's hard to live. It is. Um, And... I don't know. I talk about health all the time. So mm-hmm. overstepping boundaries, I don't think so. If somebody's telling me all these symptoms, I will tell them, maybe you want to get this checked out. Um, so our last thing that we want to talk about is um, one other thing that Megan does 
if she can't have a gluten-free meal, um, it's a meal replacement shake that she carries so that she knows, because it's been stamped gluten-free, she knows that um, unless some gluten gets in the water, then she's safe having that, and she doesn't have to just go completely hungry. So I'll have her talk about that for just a second and what makes it more important to be a whole meal replacement. It's not just some protein shake. Right. And in, and on the Saltwater Chef blog, we talk about the foods, but a lot of times you're in a place where you can't prepare a meal. You're out and you're at a, there's a restaurant that can't make you a gluten-free meal and you're stuck and you're starving. I use Isogenics um, meal replacement shakes. They have a lot of protein. There's good fat in there. There's carbohydrates and it's easily absorbable nutrients. One of the big things with celiacs is you, your body is nutrient deficient. A lot of times it shows up as anemia. You're short an iron, but you've got to have quick, quickly absorbed nutrition available. Um, so I use, um, my, my daily staple is, um, the Isogenics, um, nutrition system. Uh, I use a lot of adaptogens and things that help calm the inflammation in my body when it does arise that help calm, um, there are a lot of adaptogens and yeah, isogenics. Your body, your body is super sensitive now to Very all the inflammation sensitive. stuff. So yes. just like something that would take me a lot more to inflame. So like stress affects you a lot more oh, too, huh? stress does. Okay. Yeah, and it'll show up immediately on my skin or it'll show up immediately... Um, on my sleep or something will happen very, very quick because my body is very, very sensitive. Yeah. Um, and the isogenics really helps kind of calm all of my systems. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it helps, um, it, you know, any extra weight that I might carry, it releases it right away. Yeah. Um, you know, to so help remove the toxins. All yeah. of my systems are really kind of calmed down. But then, you know, I don't have to go around hungry. I know yeah. that I've got a gluten-free meal right there that I can have when I need it. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, not very, I don't know. I was in the Navy and I moved overseas and I've done lots of stuff, but mm -hmm. I mean, you want to talk about some anxiety. Me with no food causes anxiety. <laughs> so I couldn't me imagine too. if I didn't have any options. Oh, me too. Um, you know, so mm -hmm. that's, yeah, I think that's really, really important. Yeah. And you can visit saltwaterchef.com or you can visit saltwaterchef.isogenics.com to see some of the products that I use as well. Oh, that's great. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thanks. And we're going to put that in the show notes so that you can mm -hmm. link on to that as well um, follow us on all of our uh, all of our social media channels too YouTube Facebook Instagram um, Twitter Tumblr uh, really if you just Google either one of our names you can find us out there we post some pretty funny stuff um, Cosmo is my 80 pound English yellow lab and he's kind of my uh, <laughs> your my, mascot <laughs> he's my little mascot and he goes paddling with us and um, he, he drinks the isogenic shakes I only give him half and it's vanilla it's not chocolate um, <laughs> uh, so he does that but um, yeah we, we really like to just put actionable usable information out there mm -hmm. some of its entertainment um, you know because like my tagline says, life begins when you stop chasing skinny. It's not just about being skinny. It's about living a really fit and full and fun life. Um, that's our goal here. And, you know, Megan really helped us understand how if you have celiac disease, you have this inflammation in your body, it's really hard to live a life like that. And you don't have to live like that. Just because a doctor told you, oh, nope, that's it. Um, I would say keep digging, keep asking, experiment with yourself. I see that all the time. Self-experimentation yeah. is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, doctors are really, really smart, but they're also really um, short on time. And it, sometimes it's just hard for them to keep up on everything. So you mm -hmm. know your body best. Uh, your doctor isn't with you 24-7. So really take the initiative to figure yourself out take all that stuff with you mm -hmm. and keep asking until you get some answers so thanks so much for joining us you can also check me out on www.skfitlife.com and we will see you next week